morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's so good for us to be back here at the Wesley Plaza rooftop for the first time you know, since the you know, pre-COVID days. You know, every year during Easter Sunday, we will proclaim these three words. He is reason, and everyone will respond. Amen. Okay, later, you know, our PIC is going to lead us in this time of response. So we're going to say and respond at the top of our, our lungs later, okay? So anyway, today is a joyous occasion. And I'll be sharing what we know of as the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ's victory over death. So what happened on that Easter morning? You know, it all started with what we know of as the empty tomb. You know, if you have your Bibles with you, you may go to your phone, or if you have a hard copy Bible, you may turn to me, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 12 from the New Living Translation. So, but very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And then the man asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. And then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again, wondering what had happened. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let me now open us in a word of prayer. And for those who need to move their cars, yeah, please move your cars right now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice today because today we remember a joyous occasion where we remember how your Son, Jesus Christ, has risen from the dead on this Easter Sunday more than 2,000 years ago. Today, as I share your word, will you open up our ears, our hearts, and our eyes to see and experience this good news of Jesus Christ in our lives. So we pray all this in the Jesus Christ name. And all of God's people say, Amen. You know, anyone here ever watched the movie Reason, screened back in the cinemas in 2016? Anyone watch this film? Okay, only a few hands. Okay, if you have not watched this film, I highly recommend this film. So Reason is a film that showed the perspective of a non-believer, the Roman military tribune, Clavius, who was searching for the resurrected Christ in the 40 days following the crucifixion. So in order to disprove the, rum the rumours of a risen Messiah and to prevent an uprising in Jerusalem, after overseeing the deaths of several Hebrew prisoners, including Jesus of Nazareth, he finds himself assigned by Pontius Pilate 
to guard the cave where the supposed Messiah remains are being stored. The two exhausted soldiers who assigned, were assigned to the task, they got drunk, they fell asleep. And the next morning, the remains are gone. You know, this is a PR nightmare for the Romans. Throughout the land, there were talks of his miraculous return. And Pilate just treated it as a management problem that they had to deal with before the Emperor Tiberius came. So Clavius had to play the role of a detective, accompanied by the trusted aide Lucius. He was questioning people who knew Jesus or were in his presence during his final days in hopes of figuring out what had happened to the body. He quests to disprove rumours of a risen Messiah. But in his search, he started questioning his own beliefs and spirituality. Now, Clavius hears one witness after another describe Jesus as his supernatural powers. He started to wonder if he was on the wrong side. His search for the real truth takes him on this journey that forever changes his life and leads him to the one and only truth. And likewise, today on this Easter Sunday, we too seek after the truth of this resurrected Christ. You know, some of us here may be like Clavius, the Roman soldier, still searching for Christ. Some of us have already found Christ, but we are still getting to know Him. Some of us here have experienced this risen Christ and our lives have never been the same. Well, that was what happened more than 2,000 years ago. Ever since the woman and Peter discovered the empty tomb, the search for Christ continues throughout the world. And those who have seen Him have proclaimed, He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. And these words have been proclaimed all over the world. You know, it's such a powerful message because Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth, had conquered death. You know, this verse has been a key element of this good news that has been spread throughout the world today. You know, if we go back to the passage that we just heard, in the account from Luke, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. You know, this led to Peter to jump up. He ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and he saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again, wondering, and what had happened? Imagine if you were present at that same scene 2,000 years ago. Or perhaps you know someone dear to you that had passed on. After this person had passed on, being buried, imagine if the third day he or she had risen from the dead. You know, how will you feel? You know, I'm sure you'll be shocked, you'll be surprised, you'll be amazed. You know, what happened here on Easter Sunday is the finale of the greatest story ever told. You know, Easter Sunday is like the climax of a movie when the story unfolds until this day. But before we go into this finale, let me just give a quick overview of this greatest story ever told. You know, God sent Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come down to this earth for a purpose and for a mission. If you read a few chapters earlier in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Scripture says, 
for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This Son of Man is none other than Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. Jesus came to this earth because all of us had been lost. And because of sin, they had permeated into this world. However, because God loved us so much, we can come to this very famous passage that I'm sure most of you would have memorized from young. Are you all able to recite John 3.16 together? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came on earth for this purpose, to die for all our sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. You know, two days ago, we, we remembered Good Friday, but we know the story did not end there because we know today, Sunday has come as God showed the world how powerful He is by conquering death. And that is the good news. And that is why even till today, we proclaim that He is risen. You know, this story to believe in Jesus Christ, that He is truly the Son of God. You know, once we receive, once we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we will never be the same again. You know, some of you may have heard me share my testimony before at the pulpit. You know, for me, I grew up in a Christian family. I was baptized as an infant here at Wesley Methodist Church. By growing up, now I would describe myself only as a Sunday Christian. I used to be a very quiet, very shy boy. I had very low self-esteem with myself. You know, I would go to church every Sunday because my parents brought me to church. But actually, if I look back, I never really understood the Christian faith when, when I was young. One day, I remembered a conversation with my dad in the car. I was around 15 years of age. And a thought came to me. If I were to die today, will I really go to heaven? You know, it was a wake-up call for me. You know, I thought all my life, I knew Jesus Christ. I went through Sunday school. I heard about the gospel. By that moment, I doubted my own salvation. You know, I started reading the scriptures to find out more about Him. I began to be more serious about my faith. Until one day, the following year, I finally decided to sign up for the Wesley Youth Ministry Camp. In the first few years, I didn't want to sign up for it. But finally, I thought, okay, let me go for this wine camp that always all of my, my fellow uh, small group members are talking about. I was 16 years, and I remember on the first night, the camp speaker challenged us to surrender our lives fully to Jesus Christ. He said not 90% of your life. He wants us to surrender our full, complete 100% to Him. And at that point, I was thinking I had my own dreams of my own future. I had a childhood dream of even becoming an architect one day. But then I felt the Holy Spirit convicting my heart at that moment. I was afraid that if I surrender my life to Jesus Christ, will I have no more control of my own future? Eventually, I responded to that call to surrender. I took a step of faith forward to respond to that altar call. And I still remember the scene. I went out to the front as I knelt down. And for the first time in my entire life, I felt a strong presence of the Lord just filling me 
I was so overwhelmed by a deep love of Christ that I started tearing. And that moment, I was just ready to just give my whole life to Jesus Christ. When I was in that state of full, complete surrender to Christ, literally in one night, God changed and transformed me entirely. You know, I left that youth camp so overwhelmed by the love for Christ, so compelled by His love, that I wanted to share this love of Christ to almost everyone I met. When I went back to school, I started sharing and preaching Christ to my classmates. I went to NS, National Service. I started using that as a mission trip to share with my army mates. And I knew because God changed and transformed me. In a C.S. Lewis once shared this, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to His personality, that I first began to have a real personality of my own. You know, this encounter with Jesus Christ totally changed my life. A few years later, there was a turning point in my life that led me to become a pastor today. You know, that's a story for another day. But you no, know, there will be challenges in life. You know, there will be times when I did felt distant from God. But at the end of the day, I know Jesus really is who He claimed to be. Jesus really did rise from the dead. And there's hope beyond this life. And I pray and hope that all of us here can and have a renewed experience of Christ, even as we continue to seek after Christ today. You know, Max Locado once shared this story from an anonymous individual. And let me read this story to us. More than 2,000 years ago, there was a man born contrary to the laws of nature. He laid aside his purple robe for a peasant tunic. He was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. This man lived in poverty and was raised in obscurity. He received no formal education and never possessed wealth or widespread influence. He never travelled extensively. He seldom crossed the boundary of the country in which he lived. But this man's life has changed the course of history. In his infancy, he started a king. In childhood, he amazed religious scholars. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked on stormy waves and hushed the raging sea to sleep. He healed multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never practiced psychiatry, yet he had healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. He never wrote a book, but yet his life has inspired more books than any other man. He never wrote a song, but yet he had furnished a team for more songs than all songwriters had combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marched an army. He never drafted a soldier or fired a gun. But yet no leader had ever had more rebels surrender to him without a shot fired. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. His enemies could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. And after three days, he rose from the dead, alive forevermore. He is the ever-perfect one. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this man stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed by God 
acknowledged by angels, adored by his people, and feared by demons as the risen Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You know, this unknown poet is right. We can look back in time and see that no one, no life has affected history more than the life of our risen Lord. You know, at the end of the film Risen, one of the most impactful scenes was the Roman soldier Clavius. Finally, he found the truth of the resurrected Christ. Jesus came to Clavius and he demonstrated such love and affection towards him. And he showed him that Christ knows the true desires of his heart. In the same way, our Heavenly Father, God knows us, each of us so deeply and intimately, and is always there, ready to receive us with His open arms. So before I close, the question that I'd like to leave with us is, in our search for the truth of Jesus Christ, are we ready to receive Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, into our lives? Are we ready to receive Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, into our life? Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. I'd like to open this invitation to all of us here for a time to respond. I want to give us this chance to invite Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, into your life. You know, perhaps some of us today, this may be the first time you are hearing this story ever told. You know, perhaps you have never received Jesus Christ into your life before. You know, perhaps some of you, you may be going to church for the longest time. Or maybe someone has brought you to church today. But you are not sure of your salvation, just like me when I was 15 years old. You know, whichever category you may be, with all eyes closed and heads bowed. But if today, if you desire to receive Jesus into your life or to renew your commitment to fully surrender your life to Jesus today, can I invite us, invite you to raise your hand up and put it down and I'd like to pray with you. Yes, I see your hand up, sister. Yes, I see your hand up. 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 You know, after this, I'm going to lead all of us to pray this prayer to receive Christ. For most of us, it could be a time to renew our commitment to follow Jesus Christ on this Easter Sunday. I'll pray line by line, and you can all follow after me together. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Will you take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be? Let us pray. 
Almighty Father, we thank you for this Easter Sunday more than 2,000 years ago where you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, on this earth to die on the cross for the sins of the world. But we know the story did not end there as today we have experienced your resurrected power. Today I pray for everyone here that as we receive or as we rededicate our lives to you as our Lord and Saviour, Will you help us each day to walk in your ways and to be faithful to you? Will you help us to follow you all the days of our life? So empower us right now with your Holy Spirit and lead us each day as we pray all this in your Son's precious name, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen and Amen.